Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, and I am glad to be back. So listen, don't forget to press the follow button. Follow the podcast. As um, every time I do a podcast, you will be notified. Also, don't forget to click on the link, which will take you over to my website. And there is a free 2022 ephemeris calendar on my website. It'll also take you over to my um, Etsy shop and Pinterest. And there's a cryptocurrency tutorial and there's also an ebook. So listen, let us get right into it, honey. So, you know, we have this thing going on with the chicken pox, right? They're calling it monkey pox. And I believe that they're using those words to incite tension. I think that, per usual, they are up to no good. So, I decided to look at America's chart as I haven't looked at it in a while. So, the first thing is, we all know that America is having its Pluto return. In the process of the Pluto return, um, Pluto was in retrograde. And the second house in which the retrograde and the return that's happening Um, it's governed by the 13th degree. So this is telling me the, 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 the sins of America has caught up with America. And they are going to be paying a price for a very long time. Okay. Then I saw... Um, And this was quite interesting. They had its Pisces stellium in the third house, which rules diseases. Well, the Pisces in itself um, can rule diseases and vaccines and poisons and so forth and so on. But when it's at a Venus degree, this indicates the skin disease, right? But within that Pisces stellium, Venus was not there. Venus was in the fourth house, which is the land, the home. I would have thought that Pisces, um, um, excuse me, Venus would have been in that Pisces stellium, but it was not. Nor was it in the third house. It was in the fourth house. So with everything going on between the third house and the fourth house, I'm going to tell you that the chicken pox will be around for a while. This is going to be a long, drawn-out thing. It's going to spread far, wide, and fast because Jupiter is in Aries, and Aries is um, quick. The element of fire is quick. If you remember during Aries season, um, everything that happened, whether it was positive or negative, it was quick. So, Jupiter in Aries is, I call Jupiter the planet of doing too much. And it can do too much in Aries. So, we have doing too much quickly. 
right in that fourth house, the house of home. I took a look at what was going on with the president, and there was a stellium happening right there. And what was quite interesting, well, first of all, he's doing a lot. When it comes to our food, our money, um, and electronics, he's doing the ultimate most. Things that he shouldn't be doing. Nevertheless, he's not doing anything that's not ordained by God. Meaning, everything that he's doing, even though he's wrong, is ordained by God. He's supposed to be doing all the wrong things. And I thought, you know, this is interesting. So I kind of looked at some more aspects. And I saw that the era in which we are living in is changing. So... All of the chaos, all of the havoc, and all of the love that's happening all at one time, that duty that's happening at one time, is supposed to happen. It has to happen in order to bring in the new uh, era, right? That new era is going to change when Pluto and Saturn changes its sign. Okay, everything is supposed to happen. Uh, so expect to see more of a push when it comes to electric vehicles. Expect to see more smart cities. Um, expect to see more people um, working from home. Let's say you pull up to Chipotle and you want to place an order. The person that you're going to see at that machine is going to be at home. You're going to actually see them on a picture, you know, with their headphone and with their T-shirt that say Chipotle, and they're going to be taking your order. So expect to see more of that and more people working from home when it comes to things like that. Even at the doctor's office, you're going to encounter more electronics at the doctor's office. In hospitals, you're going to see more Electronics. There won't be too much phlebotomists because they're going to have machines there drawing blood. So it's gonna it's gonna be a lot when it comes to um, electronics in itself in more smart cities. Okay, you're gonna see little robots, you know, going down the block, <laughs> carrying somebody's, you know, Uber Eats. It's it's gonna be a lot. So it's a drastic change. It's a lot. And they're going to say it's for the better. I'm not too sure about that. Um, because there's a sense of it that's going to take away people's privacy. Okay, so if you order food and you allow the drone to bring it to your window and your face is there, you know, taking your food, the drone is going to capture a picture of you, which is going to go into a database. Uh, so... You you want to be mindful about what you accept and what you're what you're not going to accept when it comes to electronics. Okay. Then I saw something quite interesting. We had America is having a Jupiter square and a Venus square. It's like two again two things happening at one time. Um, 
So when it comes to the ethics of America, the morals and principles, um, that is undergoing exposure. Once Jupiter in Aries hits five degrees, you're going to see crazy things happening for about three days. And um, there's going to be some things being brought to the forefront concerning the secrets of America. And the purpose of it is to bring more love into the land because that Jupiter is conjunct Venus, right? So it's going to be more land, um, more love into the land. Um, people are going to learn to value love and embrace love more and relinquish um, the idea or ideals when it comes to aesthetics and beauty, what makes a person attractive. Um, that's going to come to the forefront and, and go through some changes. At the same time, we're going to see people, we're going to see more dentists coming out with people doing veneers and there's going to be some changes with hair. Um, you know, people want fuller hair or maybe they have bald spots. So there's going to be some advanced technologies when it comes to hair and how hair um, is being installed, basically. Um, you're going to see some changes with food as well. Um, they call food organic when somehow they're making it in a laboratory. There's going to be some changes with that. All right. So we, we already went through this experience a couple of years back with fake rice. The rice was made out of plastic. Um, we saw lettuce being made out of plastic. Fruits and vegetables being made out of plastic. If you think about it, the last time you ate a banana, think about whether you saw in the middle of the banana those little seeds in the middle of it. Um, those have been removed because it's, it's created in a laboratory. Anything that does not have seeds, you know that it was created. Most fruits and vegetables have seeds or roots, okay? Um, the other thing that I saw was with Lilith. And so these are our, the marriages that lasted 20, 30, 40 years. It is in a cancer degree. And these are our aunties and our uncles, the people that we've always known breaking up and it's interesting because we're in the season of graduation where children are graduating high school and so we're going to see you know our aunties and our uncles the people that we've known to be married for a really long time break up the last child in the house graduated school and they're going to begin to separate when you see them separate you're going to see them a lot happier, a lot more jovial. You're going to see them dancing and enjoying life and having a good time. You're even going to see them take a trip. They're enjoying their lives. 
once they go through that whole thing, you're going to see them focusing on their health and getting their body in shape, eating more healthy, taking care of their skin, losing weight, these sorts of things. Okay. So that was an interesting aspect that I saw in America's chart. Now, when it comes to, and I think I just mentioned it, when it comes to the chicken pox, it's going to be around for a while. It's going to be a long process, so prepare for that. Uh, and medicine was something that I saw in the chart, too. Um, medicine, there's something about medicine that's going to change, okay? So if you hear that there's a shortage on um, certain types of medication, know that it is being altered, Knowing the type of government that we have is going to be synthetic medicine that that's going to be given to people. It was already designed to keep people on it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the medicine would actually be making people sick. Now, this ties into when I talk to you guys about um, one of the planets changing its sign into Pisces, Saturn, changing its sign into Pisces, where we'll see more holistic shops showing up, more holistic practitioners showing up, right? And I suggested if anybody wants to open up a storefront, you have from this season into the first quarter of January to do just that. You really want to get it popping? Do it during Scorpio season. Why? Because when things get chaotic out in the world, it's very, very easy to get things like loans and, and grants and get your applications through. It's very easy. It's like a, a, a portal to opportunity when things are chaotic. So, during Scorpio season, I think I mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. We're going to have a massive cyber attack. And um, I didn't look into it any further to see what will be under attack. But I do know that whatever this attack is, it has never been done before. And it's going to go down in history and it will never be done again. OK, <clears throat> so you definitely want to use that season if you so choose to open up a holistic shop, um, you know, to get that done. It'll be easier also because the government doesn't like holistic healers because you take money and tax dollars from out of their pocket. If you open it up before Saturn changes into Pisces, you're going to have a really, really good, smooth, you know, uh, startup. Okay. Hold on. You will see more holistic shops popping up. And the remedies that these melanated holistic women are talking about, it works. It works. All of the dis, dis eases that our gov said you can't get rid of, take this medicine. The melanated women who have their holistic storefronts. They have a remedy and you will get healed. There's a woman I know 
uh, she suffers from fibroids and uh, it's very hard for her to um, conceive, right? And she has really, really wild monthly cycles. Well, she drinks something. I don't know what herbs or what she did. I don't even know. She, she put some stuff together and it removes the fibroids. The problem is the fibroids always grow back. So she just needs to adjust something in order to make the fibroids completely go away. But she's onto something because when she needs to cleanse out her body, she does what she does and the fibroids goes away and everything's fine. She can conceive, she gives health, birth to a very healthy baby. Nothing's wrong with the baby. It's actually, they turn out to be brilliant children, <laughs> to be honest with you. But the point is, her remedies work. So when you hear these melanated women, holistic healers, say, you know, I can reverse high blood pressure. I can reverse diabetes. I can, you know, reverse Crohn's disease. I can reverse, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, blah, blah, blah. Listen to them. That's their gift. And they're right on time, according to the natal chart. Okay. So while America is playing with medicine, the holistic healers is coming up. So whatever you choose to do, one, one hand washes the other when it comes to holistic health. There's mindset, reset, there's healing from, you know, childhood traumas and soul wounds and breaking of trauma bondings and uh, things to bring your body, your physical body into an equilibrium state. There's you know, the reversal of fungus and cleaning your bodies of toxins and metals and poisons and all kind of things that involve holistic health. Yoga is even helpful when it comes to holistic health. So don't shun anything. Um, anything that you want to do holistically and you're melanated, um, you're needed. Okay, you are definitely needed. What God has placed within you as a skill, as a talent, and as a gift, there's somebody out there, or there's a group of people out there that they really do need you. Um, what God has given you is life saving for someone else. Okay, so get out there and um, make it happen. Okay, so other than that, um, I didn't see anything else for um, Gemini season. I just briefly looked at the chart. I didn't look at, you know, look at it for Gemini season in depth. But on the very surface, that's what's going on. So today, um, the 21st of May, we are officially in Gemini season. The sun is in Gemini, zero degrees. And Mercury retrograde is conjunct the sun. And Mercury retrograde is in Gemini at zero degrees. Um, and in a semi-sextile or sextile position, we have 
Chiron and Venus and Aries. And those two are conjunct each other. So here's what this means. You're going to learn... First, the first thing that's going to happen, and for some it has already happened, things that was heavy on your heart when it came to your ex, the ex that popped up when Mercury first went into retrograde, brought up those old feelings, made you angry, feel some type of way. Uh, the principle of that whole thing and what you were supposed to learn, um, Chiron... And Venus and Aries conjunct each other is bringing that old thing back, bringing back all those emotions, all those memories, all those thoughts. And the purpose for it is to heal it. Chiron is the wounded healer. And this is the type of wound that, number one, it never goes away. And number two, it'll always be brought back to your remembrance throughout your lifetime, anytime you have a harsh aspect to your um, natal Chiron, right? It's going to be contingent on the astrology sign that it's in, um, which will tell you the theme um, of that trauma, but it will be, it will always be with you. And number three, um, that that lesson that you learned from it you actually can use it and transfer that skill into a new relationship. So we're talking about Venus here, right? And Venus loves, Venus loves love. So everybody is going through a flashback of things that had hurt them and their past relationships. Maybe you was lied to and that triggers you. Maybe you was deceived and that triggered you. Maybe you was taken advantage of, your kindness was taken for weakness and that triggered you. Perhaps you encountered a narcissist, a sociopathic narcissist who was selfish on top of it and manipulative, right? That could trigger you. And so what Chiron and Venus wants to do is say, listen, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to love on you. The energy that I want to give to you is love. I love love and I love you. I want you to love yourself. And I want you to realize what that skill is that you are supposed to learn about yourself. And I want you to learn to value yourself. Value what you bring to a relationship, value who you are as an individual in the relationship. While in semi-sextile or sextile to the sun and Mercury and Gemini, this is saying, I need you to tell the truth to yourself. I need you to start speaking kindly of yourself. Say positive things about yourself. you the shit. That's why they chose you to begin with. If you wasn't the shit, they wouldn't have never had chose you to begin with. You had something. You had that glow. You had that light. You had that firm foundation. You had that inner strength. You had that beauty. 
You had those spiritual abilities. Value that and use that for your next relationship. Take time to value life's blessings. The mere fact that you can wake up in the morning and not have a home health day help you get dressed or help you make your breakfast is a blessing. The mere fact that you can walk out of your front door and go every, anywhere that you want to go is a blessing. You're not in a prison system. The mere fact that God has given you a sound mind is a blessing because you're not in a nut house. You may take antidepressants. You may take melatonin to help you sleep at night, but you're not in an insane asylum. You're blessed and you're highly favored. You also need to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable when having a conversation with your partner. It's all about vulnerability. Letting the new love into your heart and letting that permeate your heart. Like if you are scared, if you, excuse me, if you are scared to feel love and to receive love, you need to think it through because how can you want something that you fear? It's an oxymoron. The two don't mix. I was getting ready to say a biggie quote, but I ain't going to do that. It don't mix. How can you want to be married and you fear being married? People marry for love. How can you want it if if you're afraid of it? Now, when Jupiter was conjunct Neptune in Pisces, the lesson that the tribe was supposed to receive is let go of that fear. Deal with the root of fear. What caused the fear? How did it get there to begin with? Why was it there? What did you learn from it? And release it. If you have a fear of not having stability, you have to ask yourself, How did that fear get there to begin with? What are the steps that I need to take to get from point A to point B so that I will be stable? And that would get rid of the fear. Then you had to deal with your mindset. This is where the holistic healers come in at, with the mindset reset. Because we, our Response to stimuli is based off of what we have access to, our surroundings, what we've always experienced. And when you're coming into a new era, you have to change your mindset. When you're coming into a new way of living, you have to change your mindset. You can't be blessed in mess. And you want to be blessed. You want to be happy. You want to be peaceful. You want to be in serenity. You just want to live your best life. But you can't do that and you're in fear. You can't do that 
if you're the one that's blocking your blessing. You can't do that if you're the one keeping yourself in the emotional prison of fear, the emotional prison of worry and doubt. You can't do that. Jupiter and Neptune conjunct in Pisces was teaching people spiritual hygiene, how to protect yourself spiritually. Because sometimes there's nothing going on physically. It's all in the mind. This is the intangible part of you, that spiritual aspect of you. If you strengthened your inner man spiritually, over time you'll begin to see you're unfuckwithable and you're unshakable. Nobody can get at you. Nobody has control over you. Nobody can snatch anything from you. If they don't make you, then they can't break you. This is where individuality comes in at. When you are independent and self-sufficient, you provide for yourself to the glory of God and with the help of God. So if you're doing it yourself, who can snatch anything from you? Who can control your life? Nobody. You. You and God. So if you strengthen your inner man spiritually, you won't have any spiritual fear. People with their bullshit can't enter into your your sacred space, uh, your personal space, and trigger anything. Because you're the one in control of you. You're in control of your life. You're in control of your destiny. You are in control. And if they're making you feel like that, get rid of them and block their asses. Family too. And for all of you going through your Saturn return, you're in your late 20s, between the ages of 27, 30, 31, get the hell out of the house. (coughs) Get out of the house. Excuse me. Then you won't be triggered all the time. Don't be scared to stand on your own two feet. Don't be scared to do something that you've never done, which is live on your own and be independent. I find that people in their you know, late 20s are, are still in the house. When I was 18, I was gone. They, when I discovered that you had to be of legal age, 18 years old, to get your own place, I went to the places that I could afford. Places that didn't include Con Ed. Because I knew I couldn't afford Con Edison. That's where I went. I went to the place where I can afford. And I was gone. I never had no fear of getting out of the house. <laughs> I was ready. But that's, that's my inner strength. So I understand that, you know, it could be a bit scary to live on your own and have to think for yourself for once in your life, you know, but I think at the same time that if you could think for yourself, and I'm not being shady when I say this, I mean this, and I mean it in love. 
I think that if you can think for yourself and drop your pants, then you can think for yourself and be independent and self-sufficient. Now, when you get into a relationship, don't try not to go in with the mindset of independence because you were created to be interdependent, to be one with your partner, okay? You want to let them bring their God-given gifts, skills, and talents to the relationship. And you have yours, y'all put it together, and y'all make it work. You're not good at this? Cool, I am. I'm not good at that, but you are? Cool, you take care of it. I got a friend that's a planner. A whole planner. Okay? Really, really good at it, too. (laughs) Finding some great deals on travel and hotels and all kind of stuff. I can't do that. I, I don't know why I suck, but I suck. But I tell you what I am good at. Directions. How to get from point A to point B. Turn left or turn right. Okay? And I'm going to make sure we get back home, too. So we put our skills together. And we make it work. We, we take trips. I got the directions. You do the booking. We good. We out. <laughs> I got another friend that's good with cleaning. And I'm good with cooking. Good. We put our skills together. I cook you clean. Girls night. <laughs> that's how it works, right? <laughs> That is exactly how it works. So, um, (laughs) whatever comes bubbling up from your subconscious mind and into your conscious mind, um, usually if you just acknowledge it, that's the first step. Journal about it, about it, meditate on it. Some people write it on a piece of paper, um, you know, as symbolism, and then they burn it, they drop it in a sink or whatever, a river, whatever the case may be. You know, people have different rituals that they do to let go. This one girl, I heard her. It was the funniest thing, but I can't say that she was wrong. She was dealing with some trauma, and she said, you know what I did? I took a cleansing bath. I did a cord-cutting ritual, and I carried some crystals, and I started everything on the night of the full moon. So by the time the new moon came in two weeks later, everything was good. I said, yo, you, you're not wrong. Yo. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> she did everything. <laughs> but that was somebody who was determined and ambitious. And she was ready. She was ready. She like, listen, I'm ready for my blessings. I'm ready for my next step. I'm ready for the next opportunity. If this is what I got to deal with, and, you know, and, and let this go, we going to let it go. And that's what she did. That's exactly what she did. So what do I do? I'll tell you what bubbled up in my subconscious mind. And it didn't even dawn on, dawn on me, excuse me, until I looked at America's transiting chart where I saw a Chiron conjunct Venus in semi-sextile or sextile. The sun in Gemini and Mercury in Gemini, both at zero degrees. Maybe about a week ago, 
what bubbled up from my subconscious mind is that it's I have been conditioned from men to think that men are against women and women are against men. And that's not true. And I didn't even realize on my own that there was that friction. I didn't realize it. I just thought this group of people, you know, is toxic. This group of people is not. They got their shit together. They want the unity. So what I do is just stay out of the spaces of toxic people like Kevin Samuels, for example. I never followed him, never looked at any of his videos. I saw little clips that people shared. I saw the statement that Vivica Fox made about Kevin Samuels. I listened to what the men and the women had to say about Kevin Samuels. I found that little clip um, of Kevin Samuels where at the end of his video, it was a very demonic voice saying, I hate you. Uh, That was enough for me. But those are the type of people that I, I just don't surround myself by. I'm actually surrounded by a lot of married couples, whether it's a friend or it's a family member. The majority is married. There's a few that are single, and there's a few who are single and live by themselves. But the majority of the people that I'm around, they're married people. And they've been, these are relationships that some of them are fairly new. They're under five years of marriage. But then there's others 10 years, 20 years, 30 years that they've been together. So I don't know that kind of thing. I know the things that they tell me that helps with resolving issues in marriages. And the three main things that is needed to make the marriage work. And those three things is money, sex, and communication. Money, sex, and communication. When there's no money, it's a problem in the, in the marriage. When misunderstandings happen, there needs to be <clears throat> an open and honest and transparent conversation so that both parties can have a, a clear and concise understanding of where the other person is coming from. And they need to come up with something to prevent that from happening again. And when it comes to sex, it seems like it's more men come <clears throat> saying that, excuse me, there's not enough sex happening in the marriage. The women seem to be just fine without it. So this tells me that married couples are not having sex like that. It seemed like weeks go by where they're not having sex. To be honest with you, it seemed like it's just life with children and for some grandchildren and work and health and people dying and 
responsibilities that, you know, have to be taken care of and the stress of bills and not enough money coming in, these things contribute to um, a lack of sex in the marriage. So this is part of the reason why I say I want to be a traditional wife. So I have a vision of how I want to carry myself within the marriage. And this is something that a lot of women, they, it, I'm going to ask them. Because it seemed like they didn't have a vision for how they wanted to carry themselves in their marriage. I don't, I don't know if they even thought about that. I do think that what women thought of was the fairy tale wedding, the beautiful dress at the perfect location, the perfect weather, you know, the presents, how big the ring is. This is something that the cake, this is something that was on their mind. I don't think they had a vision for how they wanted to carry themselves within the marriage. But I'm going to ask because I want to make sure. So for the vision that I have for myself in a marriage, because I know I've watched a lot of mistakes that people made. And I always prided myself on learning from other people's mistakes. I've seen women have children with men because of love. They love the man. They didn't have children because they wanted to be a mother. They didn't make sure that they could financially support that child. If that meant going to school and taking up some type of trade or something and earning more money to financially support the child, they didn't do that. Then when the baby came and they saw within a year how expensive it was, it was like, oh. And then they would lean on the man and the man didn't want to do anything more than what he was doing before the baby was born. Before she had even got pregnant. But because there was no communication, she didn't know that. I see men not wanting to have children, but they still get women pregnant. I never wanted that to be me. I also noticed that there's nothing wrong with marrying for love, but you need to have another reason. And it needs to make logical sense. Love is not going to pay the bills. Love is not putting food on the table. I know a girl, she got married because of love, and the guy didn't have a job. She was the only one working. There was two children. There was government assistance helping her. He literally had nothing. She got the her parents' engagement rings and used that to get married because she couldn't afford to pay for their rings. He agreed to marrying her. I don't think he did it for love. I think he did it for stability. But then she couldn't afford 
what she wanted. And it was basic things, food, clothing, and shelter. So she came to me and she asked me, can she borrow $1,000? I didn't give her no $1,000. I didn't give her a, a penny with a hole in it. Because you married somebody that was broke. They didn't have a pot to piss in on, window to throw it out of. So what made you think anything was going to change? When you spoke to him, you knew that you didn't have anything. The part where you accepted the nothingness was when you opened up your legs. That told him that you were not only okay, but you accepted his situation. You accepted that he wasn't going to do anything, at least not for you. Nor was he going to do anything for the two children that you had. It was nothingness from the very beginning when y'all met. So that's the situation that you wanted to be in. You stay in it. Go get a second job. I don't know. But I'm not going to give a married couple nothing. So I, what I learned from that is love, number one, is not... You can't go into the grocery store and put $300 worth of groceries on the counter and say, We have love. Can we take these groceries for free? The cashier going to look at you like you freaking crazy. You can't call Con Edison and say, I don't have the money for the, for the bill, but my spouse and I, we have love. Can, can we get the month off? No, they want their money. That was the first thing that I learned. Love don't pay for nothing. And you can't live in this world without money. You cannot. You need the roof over your head. Period. The second thing I I learned was when you meet somebody and they don't have a foundation for themselves and they're a certain age, chances are they won't have a foundation for themselves. They're going to stay that way until they have no other choice but to but to build that foundation for themselves. And they have to be forced into it. If they're not forced into it, they're not going to do anything. So when you get with somebody that's like that, you already are to a degree in agreement with the nothingness that they come with. But once you drop your pants, you really are, you're co-signing the financial support, the emotional support, the physical support, anything that gets done, is you're going to have to do it. Don't expect them to do nothing and then don't get mad when they don't do anything because you knew their situation. And you you dropped your pants. You officially came into agreement with it. So I, I learned that I want a certain type of a lifestyle. Working for me, especially in healthcare, was stressful. Working with people with um, natal charts is, is, is spiritually draining. But at least if I'm home, doing my home-based business, I have say-so over when I'm available and when I'm not. If I want to take a week off, I can. If I want to take a month off, I can. So this tells me that I need my husband 
to be financially stable. I'm not going to go from being independent and self-sufficient, paying the bills on my own, and being with a man and still having to do the same thing. To me, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I need him to be financially stable to cover the bills. The purpose of him covering the bills and for us not having any children is so that I can focus on my marriage. I can focus on myself for my marriage. My husband will want my attention, but what he really is going to need from me is my affection. And I have to show up in different ways for that. I can't do that if my time is consumed with my stressful-ass micromanaging supervisor. That's annoying as fuck. Then I got to deal with sexual harassment on a job. Now I come home stressed and exhausted. I'm aggravated. He's not getting any affection from me. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm stressed. That's not fair to him. He didn't do anything. He was at work all day too. I'm quite sure he dealt with the same damn thing. Then what happens? When I, when I calm down, I'm not mad anymore. I want affection from him and he reject me. No, I, you ain't, you ain't want to give me affection. Then the pettiness come along. No. I want peace and serenity. I want to take my time to focus on me, to stay in my feminine energy, to be soft and alluring for my husband, for myself, even when I interact with other females. I know that that energy is attractive, is valuable, is wanted, is needed. People want a piece of that. And I enjoy it. I enjoy being soft and being feminine. So I need I need that. I need my I need my time to focus my energy on me. I also want to be physically active. Not not for health reasons, to be honest with you. I want to be physically active so that I can have stamina for my sex life and my marriage. I learned that men don't have as much sex as they would like in their marriage. That It seems like that's their number one thing on the list that of the list that they do have. I don't want to be no lazy lover for my husband. Because I don't want him giving me any lazy loving. So this is the purpose of me being a traditional wife. He pays all of the bills. I take care of everything else. I take care of the household, economy, economy. I am cooking the meals. I don't mind because God gave me the gift to cook anyway. There's people that burn water. I turn that water into a stew. That's my gift. I'm pretty decent with decorating. I want to increase on that crap, but I don't think God gave me that gift. The way I see other people decorating, yeah, I know I don't got that gift. So I know that when it comes to me and my husband's home, I'm going to find some melanated person or some Latina to come along. And I'm going to need some help with a little decoration. 
get a little tips from her. So when I change out curtains and tablecloths and bedding, I know what to do. I know how to. I know how to stay in my lane, but I do what I can. I can decorate a table. I tell you that. I know BMW, bread, meal, and wine. I bake bread from scratch. I can do that. But this is the purpose of me being at home, to be available to my husband because I desire to be married. And there's certain compromises and changes that needs to be there in order for that marriage to work. Men understand that part of being a husband is they're going to need money. So when they want to marry, you know what they do? They make more money and they get a car and they check their damn attitude. They make sure that they're all right when it comes to the bedroom. They make sacrifices as well in order to have a wife. So the man that will marry me, he's going to know from the very beginning. I am a traditional woman. I'm very modest. And I've created, I've turned my hobby into an income so that I can stay home. So that I can give him the affection that he needs. So that within a half hour, 45 minutes of him coming home, dinner is done. The house is clean. And I don't look raggedy, okay? I don't smell like I've been working, you know, in a, in a pig pen, okay? My purpose for staying home is to cater to my man. That's my purpose. I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be frustrated. don't want to be aggravated. I don't want to feel uh, unstable. I don't want to do anything like that. So if you met me and I was in a position to be at home, that's not going to change when we get married. Don't expect me to go out there and get a job. Not happening. Oh, what if something, you know, happens to me? What will you do? <laughs> I do have a stay-at-home business. Not only that, I'm going to make sure, because there's a lot of things that I'm aware of, that my husband is not aware of, that will put things in place in the event of something happening to him. He or I can draw on that money. If we can cover the expenses for a year and I just can't take any trips in the process of that, so be it. As long as I know that the expenses are going to be covered for a year, we're good. But the way this um, wealth transfer is set up, <laughs> okay? Nevertheless, I've educated myself on finances and what, how money works. So he's just not getting somebody sitting at home eating bonbons. No, I'm going to increase the, 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 the net worth 
of our household. I'm going to produce in my way. I'm going to protect in my way. I'm going to use my intuition to be his third eye. I come with a good sense of humor. I come with peace. I come with intellectual stimulation, sexual chemistry, and emotional attachment. Come on, somebody. You heard that last one? Emotional attachment. And let me tell you something, ladies. When a man is emotionally attached to you, they do not cheat. Boop. All right, you guys. I thank you for spending about an hour with me. Okay, I just wanted to talk about those things as they were on my mind. Share with you what's coming when it comes to the natal chart. Um, when it comes to chicken pox. Um, yeah, it's going to spread fast, far and wide, honey. And um, expect another lockdown, okay? If another lockdown happens, that's going to be an opportunity. So if you need your GED, go and get it, honey. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Shalom.